the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Parents Toast. In an era of chaos, confusion, and craziness, Parents is a voice for common sense. As a financial literacy educator, speaker, and entrepreneur, Parents cuts through the noise to help us understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Now, here's Parents Toast. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. Today, we have one of our favorite guests, as normal, John Burley, real estate expert, entrepreneur, educator. Uh, those of you that don't know John, I always like to say he's probably the most famous person that you don't know who he is. Well, I'm going to really strongly encourage you to stay tuned today because you're going to learn a lot about real estate, what's going on today. Because not only John is an educator, he's an actual practitioner. He's investing in real estate as we speak. So he's, he's doing what he's teaching. So, John, thank you for joining us on the show. Parents, awesome to be here. Love the show. A big, big fan. Um, and excited about what's going on in real estate and interest rates and the financial world in general right now. A lot of big stuff happening. Well, yeah, lots of change. In fact, that's the big news in real estate is interest rates. So let's just start there. What do you recommend? What's going on in the interest rate world in real estate? Yeah, I mean, the interest rates are the interest rates. And obviously, if you're newer to the game, the last couple of years have been, oh, my God, sticker shock. If you've been in the game for a while, and I started back in 79 when, you know, interest rates, you know, end up creeping up to 18.6%. So I have a little different perspective on it. But with that said, I mean, interest rates are a little high. They're certainly higher than they should be. I think when we were in that two and a half and three zones, those were kind of crazy zones. I would think we'd be more a four and a half, five number. Um, you know, as an investor, you know, the first thing we always have to go back to is core basic training. And the, and the main thing I learned as a very young man, because I cut my teeth in this business when interest rates were just absurd, is it's not the rate of the interest, it's the rate of the return. So we're still out there carving great deals. We're still making great rates of return. Uh, we just need to move within the interest rates. I mean, the interest rates for, you know, 7 to 8% bouncing that area. They're a little different depending where you live, but we're all kind of in that range. And that's something if you got good credit and you're a good buyer, and that's insanity. Uh, I think a lot of us, and you and I have talked, you know, about this, Ferenc, is, you know, one would one would make a pretty reasonable expectation that pre-election next year that, you know, the parties will, will shove it down. I mean, it's in both parties' interest to lower the interest rates, um, for, you know, for, to get re-elected. Um, yeah, election is so much based on economy, and, and, you know, we're fighting uphill on this one. Um, and I think really, whether it was Republican or Democrat who was in the White House, if they won re-election, they'd do their best to dock, try and knock interest rates down next year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some softening. Um, I do remind people all the time, they're like, wow, if, if, I, get, if I get a loan now at 7.5 and, and it drops to 5, I don't have to pay to refinance. And it's like, hey, make sure that your lender does streamlining. So streamlining is different than a refinance. So, for example, you took out a loan. Um, you know, at seven and a half percent for 30 years, 
and two years later, interest rates drop to five, you don't have to get a new loan as long as your lender will streamline. They'll charge you a small fee like $500, and they'll literally make it, leave it at, take the 30-year loan, drop it down to 28 years, make it now a, a new loan at 28 years, and just lower the interest rate and thus lower the payment. Um, so, so there is that option that we'll be looking at out there. You know, I'm finding this with a lot of capital investors. So we've raised over $600 million in my career all going into long-term placements. I was literally in 1989, the first guy to leave Wall Street to do single family home portfolio. So we were like 20 years before the other funds. So we had to go out first and guy who goes out first, there's good and bad with it. A lot of opportunity nobody else is seeing. Also, you got to figure out how to do the stuff nobody's done before. So we had to do that. We're seeing a lot of capital investors as they see the interest rates go up, you know, going like, wow, I should be taking some of my money uh, out of the stock market type investments, putting it into more interest rate based investments. I know you do phenomenal things with interest rate based investments. People are looking at the bank, at, you know, yes. bank accounts paying five and five and a quarter. There's a lot of plays out there. And John, I, also, I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, I, I've been yeah. telling people, it, a lot of people are still like just waking up to this, but I say, think about it. Just over a year ago, you couldn't get 1% at a bank, and today you can get five. That's in about yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, if you go on the, you know, if you leave your, your local bank might do four, but if you go on the internet, mm -hmm. like you just said, they're five, five and a quarters, easy peasy. Yeah. Um, you know, that people are, you know, of course, concerned about the banks and there's concern there. And, and some of it's legit. Some of it's blown out, just depending on who you're, what talking head you're listening to in which moment. Um, they all got, you know, their kind of way they point and go and, and stay in that direction. Sort of no matter what's happening, they stay on their course. I think that what we're seeing is, um, an awareness that, wow, I want the interest rate to be good for me. I want it to be good for me borrowing, and those don't go hand in hand. So, the, you know, if, you, if you're getting money from the bank, it's good. But then when you stop and go like, well, wait a minute, 5%, 5%, geez, after I pay taxes on that, and then after inflation, am I really making 5% or even close? And so we're finding a lot of people are going into the uh, – that we work with are doing the real estate and they're going, you know, with a, with a fixed rate program, making on the low end four or 5% income the first year um, on a more moderate higher end six to 8%, you know, their income cash on cash, but then they're seeing all the benefits, you know, instantly tax benefits offset most of that income uh, just from owning the real estate. And then of course they're now in the long-term growth game. So a lot of people are coming to realize that although we've got challenges in the sector, real estate, certainly, and I wouldn't be being I would not be starting new big positions in very much commercialists out there today because it's right. it's teetering on some pretty risky times right now from a from a vacancy future risk side. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people are really looking at wow, if I can get the nice income play that's similar to that four or five, six percent range, if I can get that not technically as interest, but as earnings coming in every month in cash flow, and then have all the tax benefits and all the upside, that real estate is really a phenomenal play. I think most people are looking at core real estate assets as much safer than the stock market. They're also looking at historical returns that are much higher, and they're also looking at there's some unique plays within the sectors that are out there. A lot of stuff's overlooked, and, and a lot of people are scared uh, and fear. You know, so, so I know a lot of your listeners, they've already gotten this. Fear means opportunity. Fear doesn't mean we pull out and, and go into the fetal position and put our money in our local bank at 1%. Fear means right. we start looking for where the opportunities are. Um, and so, you know, as a, as a true contrarian, very long-term capital investor, we just see lots of opportunities in this. And we've been taking on lots of new properties and lots of new positions that 
literally just this month, I mean, right now. So have stuff in escrow and buy it. And, John, I've heard you talk about this before, but, uh, you know, somebody who would have price sticker shock, right, because of the values of the real estate, what would you say to that person? Yeah, I mean, the asset class has gone up a lot. If we if we stop, if we take out our emotions and we look at some real charts and start looking at long term, we we'll see that first of all, long term interest rates were actually lower than what's normal, and the growth rate across the country, real estate. There's different markets, obviously, do different, but we're still looking at nationally. You know, a four percent range is a real appreciation long term good times and bad times, taking in really great times and really bad times. Because too many people just want to, right now they want to cherry pick a short-term chart so they can get the 19 to 21 boom, but pretend 2008 didn't happen. Well, that's not how life works because 2008's happened. Um, and so when we look long-term, we're looking at really good returns in the sector. Leverage is easy. Um, more of my investors are going cash. We pay a preferred rate of 4% versus borrowing from the banks. So we do have a lot more investors that would have leveraged, not leveraging today as much. Um, or if they are leveraging, we're doing leveraging with some of the existing financing that's there that we can talk about a little bit later. Sure, sure. And then the other question comes to mind if somebody's looking at real estate investing is, you know, the economy seems to be softening, getting weaker. And you, 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 you rent a property out, for example, and people start losing their jobs. Then what? Uh, I would say that you need to be more cautious than ever. It, it would be a poor captain of a ship who today did not look out on the horizon and see a storm. Now, we don't know if you're going to get out of the storm. We don't know if it's a big storm. We don't know if it's going to be a small storm. But it would be no good captain would be looking out to sea today and not seeing the potential for storms. And, and the, the first way that you keep yourself safe is you're aware storms are coming, not just oblivious and pretending they're not. So I think when I look at the real estate, I really look closely at the sectors. Right now, you know, our high preference is residential, uh, both on the uh, the multi side and the single family side. However, very strictly in Class B only. We're not touching the Class C sector right now. Uh, I do not want the massive additional government intervention that's coming into those sectors with the subsidy checks. Um, I, I'm not opposed to to a lot of the aid that's given, but I'm opposed to how it's administered. I know there's been great surveys, and the, the a big thing right now is source of funds on renters and all the landlords I know, and I've seen some huge surveys done. It's like we have issues with no source of funds. We only have issues with the administration that operates Section 8, and, and, that, and that's been a problem for 30, 40 years. That's not just a Biden problem. It's like Trump didn't do everything wrong. Biden didn't do everything wrong. This one's just been a horrible bureaucratic mess. Um, other sectors we love, and the reason we're liking the uh, the single-family home and the multi-unit Class B parents is because it's just solid. It's where America lives. Mm -hmm. Good times are bad. Those neighborhoods fill up. They're good, solid, decent neighbor neighborhoods. Class A, the numbers don't work as well. Class C, it's just – it's Class C for a reason. You know, and I'm always looking at I want to move a resident that's going to live in a property for at least 10 years, reality. And you know, when I look at it, what good what good mom and dad, what good man is gonna move his family into a class C neighborhood and stay there? He's not gonna. And right. if he's willing to and if he's willing to move in and stay there, then he's not a good man. So he's probably not gonna pay me. You know, and, and I use some pretty broad stereotypes there, but we use those stereotypes because mm -hmm. look, they're mostly true. There's always an exception, but they're mostly true. So we're just doing solid class B. We're really on the and we've got commercial positions, but in those commercial properties, new acquisitions, we're looking really careful because obviously 
COVID, COVID accelerated probably 10 to 15 years, a big shift in the commercial thinking and corporate thinking where employees don't have to go in anymore. And whether right. that's good or bad, it's another conversation. The reality is we got a whole bunch of people that aren't going into office buildings, you know, in huge cities like Chicago, who's, 20-year leases are expiring in two to five years from now, and currently those huge insurance companies and actuarial companies and financial companies, they have no intention of renewing the leases. Those buildings are going dark. You know, they're going to be vacant. Oh, well, we'll just turn them all into condos. Well, first of all, a lot of bureaucracy in that particular domain to turn those into condos and a lot of cost. But the big question is, if they're not coming downtown to work, who wants to live in luxury condos downtown? Yeah, yes. I can I can attest to that firsthand because I you know I deal with a lot of insurance companies and financial institutions, and I'm working with the employees, you know, the new business people and all that. I can't think of the last time I've talked to somebody who wasn't working from home with one of those yeah. institutions. It, it, uh, my son's got a friend twenty. It's downtown Chicago. Twenty thousand people in the building. One of the three big insurance companies, mm-hmm. and they're sub five hundred people in the buildings now. Pre-COVID, 20,000 people, and they were looking for extra space. Now mm-hmm. they're just planning on jettisoning their lease in about four years. Just walk away. And I would not be the person want to be the person to own that building. Yeah, no, there's going to be uh, a lot of, you know, just tremendous pain in, in that. So I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people come up with these really cute, sexy ideas. They sound good. But are they actually going to hold water as an investment long term? It's just like, you know, I wouldn't want to be buying any new malls in America. You can only put so many skating rinks in. Um, Absolutely. Well, John, that's a great start. And, folks, we're going to have John with us for the entire show today. So I'm really going to encourage you to stay tuned. We're going to discuss some other topics like owner financing, subject to assumptions, all those types of things. So, again, I really strongly encourage you to stay tuned. And if you'd want to contact me and and help you navigate this I like well I like what John said this storm that's probably likely coming contact me at yourpersonalbank.com I'll be happy to help you with that stay tuned in the next segment you don't want to miss it stay tuned for more common sense from Ferrans for more information contact Ferrans at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com that's 866-268-4422 Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc. We have one of our favorite guests again today, John Burley, real estate expert, educator, entrepreneur. And John, thank you for joining us again today. Hey, it's great to be here, parents. I just want a big shout out to you and your team. It, it is amazing. Your guys' presence just growing and growing. I mean, growing and growing. I remember when you were, you know, just working in Arizona, and now you're literally coast to coast. So congrats, we are. Man. We added eight new stations just last month alone. So that's awesome. And for you guys that are regular followers of parents, you already know this. For those of you that are new, this man knows what he's doing. Listen really close, pay attention, and act on his advice. I know. Thank I you, do. John. Oh, yeah. thank you, John. And uh, I, of course. Most and the people that listen to the show know that I don't bring a lot of guests on. Um, I'm very particular about that. John is our most uh, frequent and favorite guest because, well, he knows what he's talking about, and so that's why I invite Joe to uh, John to join us periodically to bring us up to date on what's going on in the world of real estate. In the first segment, 
John talked a lot about interest rates and what's going on right now. If you missed it, go to yourpersonalbank.com. Listen to that first segment. I'm really going to encourage you to do that. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows, by the way, at yourpersonalbank.com. John's going to talk about owner financing next. But before he gets into that, you have an event coming up, John. Can you tell us about it if somebody's interested yeah, in more info? We do three public events a year. Um, in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I'm at. Um, I, we don't have a huge education company that does a big traveling show around the country because I run a real private equity investment company and you can't do two things at the same time well. But we do teach our model. Um, we actually run the longest running uh, real estate training in the, in the world. And our next event is October 27th, 29th. It's in Phoenix, Arizona. You can go to johnburley.com. So J-O-H-N-B-U-R-L-E-Y. Dot com um, to tell you all about very low tuition very low entry um, lots of high high-end practitioners and you know we're just going to jump right in we're going to talk right about money right at the back because that's the key thing to real estate you know if you don't have money how to get money if you do already have money how to deploy it effectively um, how to get a higher rate of return than most people are getting um, you know so we're not buying real estate and making two percent and three percent and four percent like large funds do which aren't run extraordinarily well and there's just so much massive flippage there um you know we we make and we teach people how to make really high rates of return how to deal within the markets they're on uh, because the real estate training exchange i go to some real estate trainings and parents literally i heard the exact same thing taught, taught 45 years ago just by a different guy um yeah, and was it was I something it. It was like going wow if you're going to take if you're going to take the material if you're going to steal the material at least hit the punchline on the jokes because i literally hear people telling 40 50 year old jokes it's like i have the recordings of when those were made that's get the joke right and, and so <laughs> there's not a lot of new stuff out there it's just how do we take what's there and effectively as a high-end practitioner you know squeeze out a return and make a return nobody else does you know Warren Buffett, you know, there's tons of guys who invest in the stock market. There's one Warren Buffett. Right. Um, and so we just to, to teach you how to deal at the very, very, very top. So if students are interested, it's johnburley.com. I don't have another event until April. Um, the students, and in, in when you're there, you'll meet, there'll be at least a half dozen people there that have over 100 houses in portfolio, what we call Burley Century Club members. And most of them had money to buy a couple of houses on their own so they can share with you what they did to raise the money and, and then place it. Um, you'll meet lots and lots of successful people. A lot of students say just the networking loan is worth it. And I think the thing that students, their biggest complaint is I'm an active practitioner. And since I do the business, I don't do a lot of seminars. And then the biggest accolade is I'm an active practitioner. So when I do do the events, I can answer all the questions and tell you how to really do it. Yeah, real right world, now. real world. Yeah, yeah, we live in the real world. Um, exactly. And that's why you and I have always connected and had so much fun together. Right. If, if, and if, I guess, wasn't a ra if there wasn't a radio show, we'd be having the same conversation. We would. <laughs> we'd just be hitting golf balls or having a beer. Yep. <laughs> no, Absolutely. I can vouch for I can vouch for uh, what John is saying because I've attended some of those workshops and 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 he's absolutely correct. It, uh, when he said there's a lot of stock market investors, there's one Warren Buffett. There's a lot of real estate investors. There's one John Burley, and I would put you in that category, buddy. So thank you, man. I appreciate. It. Okay, so let's let's get on to owner financing. What what's going on with that? Owner financing is incredible. So we go through these runs. And this is primary real estate agents. So you know when I cut my teeth in the business, late seventies, early eighties. Look, interest rates hit eighteen percent. I didn't see sub ten percent until nineteen ninety three. Real estate agents had 
dancing. It was part of their 101. It was their base training. You know, th their courses were on how you do, how people assume existing loans, how people do subject to, how people do owner financing. Obviously, the last run week it just came out of, it seems like half real estate agents tell you it's illegal to do this, which it never has been and never will be. You just have to dot your I's and cross your T's. So the simple concept is you know, on a sub two, that means we're taking over the loan subject to the existing, the listing loan. So if, for example, if you had a, a house that you wanted 350,000 for, I give you $50,000 and I take over your two and a half year old, um, 3% 30 year fixed loan. I take that loan over subject to, so I bought the property. I have the deed. I have the legal title. And that's all recorded up front, full disclosure. However, the loan remains in Ferent's name. I then, we have a legal document where I agree to pay for it. However, we don't do the bank's approval. We don't go through the bank for the assumption. For an assumption and that's called subject to. There's pros and cons to it. We spend a couple hours at the event going over it. Uh, you know, the downside for the person selling the house is the loan remains in their name. And I know a lot of people are going like, why would anybody do that? Well, usually they're also in the position where after paying commissions and a little bit of repairs, they don't have money to do so. They are they don't have a bunch of equity. And second, they're two, three, four months behind on their house payments, so someone's about to foreclose. So it's a better option than foreclosure. It gives them some walking money and some cash, their loans brought whole, and then the payments are made and kept on time. So that's a subject too. And and we've been doing a lot of those with very aggressive grassroots marketing programs. Um, and we're picking up loans. The last one we did, 2.875. 2.875. It, it was worth 330. I paid 315, and it has a 2.875 loan. So, I mean, just bam. It's like I, with using owner financing subject to an assumptions, it's like I can turn the loan, the loan clock back three years and go grab those old great rates. Um, they're complicated transactions. I know if you go on YouTube videos, people make it sound like there's nothing to it and nothing goes wrong. That's not true. Um, and, and most of us smart enough to know YouTube, YouTube videos are mostly just commercials. They're not necessarily all fact. Uh, and then what we do is the next thing we do is um, we do assumptions. So a lot of people was like, well, I do that transaction, but ye, I want the loan out of my name. And so then we go through and we do the assumptions where we actually formally assume. And, and this, is, this is just kind of willy-nilly. It's the world we live in. Um, I can be looking at the loan documents that clearly say the loan can be assumed with full qualifying, and I want to do it. And I'll talk to one, two, three, four clerks. I'll like, nope, you can't do that. You know, in, in the old days, you'd have to wait a half hour to call back to try and catch somebody else. Now there's so many people sitting on the other end of the phone lines, you can just call instantly, and you just need to talk to another clerk. And, and it's kind of been my my experience has been if if he's having a bad day, you're about to have one too. Mm -hmm. um, but the nice thing is today we just talk to somebody else. So sometimes I have to talk to three or four people before I can assume the loan that says I could assume, and then we just do the package. Um, if you can't assume the loan yourself, then you we teach you how to bring in capital investors that can sign for them. Um, and so we're able to buy a lot of properties at numbers that work today because the, the prices haven't moved much from 1920 to today. Um, in most markets, because you know the, there, there's not a lot of inventory, but they're stabilized, and so it's really a, a novel play right now because the expertise of the realtors became so low on the subject because they just didn't need to know it, and the veterans are reticent to reach back into their 20-year-old tool bags 
And so there's just not a lot of people that are going after this. And most people who teach real estate, all they teach is greed, get rich quick, flip it, make a, a billion dollars, which isn't how that works either. Boy, I, I wish things worked like they all said they did. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be a lot easier. We wouldn't have to ever work. Exactly. And, um, and um, so there's just there's not a lot of people that are aware how to do it. There's not a lot of people doing it. And I've got students all country just crushing with these models. Um, and then the third one we're, we're doing, so the first one was the subject two in the creative financing, which is taking control of the existing loan, subject two, you buying it legally and ethically, uh, recording it. A lot of people teach us to do it in a land trust. Be very, very careful. To buy. Yeah, I've heard some things about the uh, land trust, and um, I, I'm not fully really understanding. Yeah, and maybe we yeah, – yeah, yeah, what is what's up with the land trust? Is that something somebody should look at or just avoid? You know, uh, for most people, just flat avoid. I own properties in 12 different states. I don't use land trust on purpose. The main reason is land trust across the country has a, a well, unfortunately, a well-earned perception of deception. There's nothing wrong with the land trust except most of the creative finance deals, the naughty transactions, the things that went bad that were taught that were shady are put into land trust. So the perception is that the land trust is used for deceptive practices. And unfortunately, it's a fair-earned reputation. So attorney general's office, attorney's office, when they see land trust, red flag goes up. If you're on the West Coast, you're mainly in full disclosure states where the original thought was the land trust is nobody knows who actually owns it, which that also then means you attempted to defraud the lender. But the main thing it does is uh, on the West Coast, they're full disclosure states, so you have to criminally say who owns the trust for real. So there's a lot better ways to do land trust, to do asset protection than a land trust. It just – it doesn't do what it was made out to do, and I know some of the great masters that actually they're, – they're long passed away. Nick Kuhn would have been the greatest one um, you know, out of West Virginia, and he had 1,400 houses, but he didn't use it to get around due-on-sale clauses because there was no due-on-sale clause. Um, he used it as a way to hold it in the 50s and 60s and 70s when there was no internet. There was no communities that we have today. None of it existed. It was a very simple world. Hmm. Sub two, you know, there's a lot of details. We have a whole package that covers it. Come to the event in October and we'll walk you through details because it's several hour conversation to really nail it yeah. and have the specifics. And if somebody wants more information on this, John, where would they go? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, go to johnburley.com is the easiest way. J-O-H-N-B-U-R-L-E-Y.com. On the top slider, just hit the, the October event coming up October 27th through 29th, and that'll give you more details. The, the, first, the big thing to do is just get the concept. Those existing loans that are out there at low rates, you can give them some money to move and walk, and you can then take, take control of the loan subject to or actually take over the loan and assumption they're two different – plays but the same end result we're getting control of a property that you know if we bought it today with a seven and a half percent loan would make us 400 a month which is still a nice little return but if we can get the old loan we can get 800 a thousand dollars a month cash flow and so obviously whenever we can we're doing those I don't, um, that makes only makes sense <laughs> yeah it's just it's just you know is it more work yes of course that and it's it's good this work because if there wasn't a little bit of knowledge and work required guys then there wouldn't be any left for you 
Right. Everyone, if everyone would be doing it. Uh, they always say if you're if your taxi cab driver is giving you stock market advice, that's the good time to sell, right? That's a really good time to sell. Yeah. So um, I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned. Like I said, we've got John for the rest of the show. Uh, he's, he's talked a lot about the owner financing subject to and the assumptions. Uh, we're going to discuss some more real estate things. What's going on in the real world today? And one thing I, I want to bring up, I haven't I haven't asked John this, but I'm going to bring up, he, the last time we talked, he had some great ideas of what could be done in real estate of owners versus investors in terms of interest rates and such. So I'm going to ask John some of those questions and encourage you to stay tuned. If you want to contact me on how to navigate this upcoming storm that's likely going to hit us economically, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. Stay tuned in the next segment. Don't miss it. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferens Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferens at 866 866- 268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ference. We have one of our favorite guests today, John Burley, real estate expert, educator, entrepreneur. Nobody knows more about real estate than John that I know, and that's why I invite him to the show. So, John, thank you for joining us again. Awesome to be here, my friend. Exciting times to be a real estate investor for sure. Absolutely. In the first couple of segments, John talked about current interest rates, how to deal with those. He's talked a lot about owner financing and subject twos and those types of things. If you missed it, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows. I strongly encourage you to do so if you have an interest, any interest whatsoever in, in real estate. But there was a couple other thoughts here, John. You were discussing on the owner financing topic, and then I'll get to the other topic that I want to get to later, but let's finish this thought first. So what yeah, I, so we, we talked about, you know, subject to taking over the uh, existing loan uh, with the loan staying in their name. Uh, we talked about assumptions where you actually assume the name. Great ways to buy because it's like we can roll the clock back three years. The next one that we're getting a lot of now is the owner financing. And this is the owner that's in the other position. They're free and clear. They bought the house. They paid it off like so many Americans out there. We, and for a lot of people, it's a great play. For some people, it's not. But it's not a black and white thing. Um, and they go through this, and they're just like, wow, we'd like to sell the house. It's a rental property. It's an investment property, so we don't want to pay all the taxes right away. There's extremely great tax benefits for selling on an installment sale. It's a subsection of 1031. It's on the 6252 form. There's a lot of tax relief for doing the owner financing, and so a lot of people are like going, wow, uh, my local bank's paying 4%. There's an internet bank that are paying 5 or a little over 5%, but they're not thinking that. They're thinking the local bank, 4%. But they also know that 4% is not forever. That's because interest rates are really high. If interest rates come down, that rate comes down. They're like going, well, wow, I could you know, sell deference for 10% down, 15% down, 20% down. Obviously, the lower down, the better it is for us. The more down, the better it is for them. And, um, you know, I can get a four or five percent long, long term rate. And a lot of them are looking at, wow, if I can get tax benefits under 1031 installment sale treatment, so I'm not going to pay my full income taxes. Uh, I'm not going to have all the income tax in the future. There's a lot of tax benefits. If I can have a tax favored investment that pays me four or five long term secured by real estate I own 
for a lot of people, if you don't need the cash today, and a lot of people are sitting on too much cash, their problem isn't that. You know, they don't need the cash. For a lot of people, they're like, yeah, we'll sell owner financing. You bet you, John. I'll give you a 30-year loan um, you know, at 4.5%, 5%. And on those deals, it's like, you know, now I don't need to beat you up on your price. If you'll give me great financing, if you'll loan me 5%, I'll give you four hundred thousand dollars for your four hundred thousand dollar house all day long. Hell, I'll probably give you four ten or four twenty for it because the cash flow numbers work. Because I learned a long time ago, we talked about it earlier in the show. It's not the interest rate; it's the rate of return. It's also not the price; it's the rate of return. Most investors forget the rate of return is what we're looking at, not the interest rate and not the price. So it's how do you use better skill sets that we teach to come into a marketplace where most people don't know how to make a good return, but you do because you have better knowledge, better information, better skill sets. And that's what great investing is about. It's not about can you make money in 21 when the market's going up. Heck, everybody made money in 21. It's can you make money in 23 and 24 when things aren't going crazy. That's when you know you're a great investor, and that's when you know you have a model that works. See, most models that, that are taught out there, they only work if the, if the value of the asset goes up. Well, of course the stock market works if the stocks go up, and of course real estate works if they go up. But everybody should make money when it goes up. The key is can you still make money when it's not going up when it goes down? And is you know how I was taught you know, and learned to do it all these decades is that, look – your model needs to thrive most when markets are down or when they're stressing them like we have now. And that's what we designed for. These are the glory days for investors who know what they're doing. When everybody else is pew, pew, pewing, it's so bad. And you know this, Ferentz. Yep. You know, we're on a Zoom right now, and, you know, and I can see Ferentz because we're not together in the studio. And he's just smiling because this is the truth. When yep. everybody is scared, when everybody wants out, that's when the guys and gals who know what they're doing smile, step in, and make all their money. We don't right. make our money when the market's going up. We make our money when it's not. I uh, said so, chaos the creates opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the owner creates opportunities. Just an, yeah, just another way for us to get in there and grab the money. So there's, you know, giving you guys just the kind of open the can of worms for you. Subject to assumptions, owner financing. You know, go to johnburley.com. There's a bunch of free downloads there. There's the event we have coming up in October. And we do an event every three times a year. So next one will be next April. Yeah, and the bottom line is, like you said, in, in real estate, you're either looking for a good price or you're looking for a good financing. Either works. Yeah, either works. And, and just one, just a, a, a hot tip out there for you people that are looking to buy your own home, to live in your home. Look, I think the if we were to look at most likely scenario, most likely scenario at some time in the next year or two, interest rates will be lower than today, probably 25 plus percent. I'm not a prognosticator. Nobody actually knows. We just have opinions. But I don't think anybody would be stunned to see interest rates go below six in the next year to two years. So I would not do what everybody's t telling you to do. I would not have, if you're buying a new home with a builder or you're buying a, you know, a newer house, I would not have them put two, three points into lowering the interest rate. Take the discount on the property. Don't pay the interest rate down because you're going to be refinancing or streamlining that loan a couple years anyhow. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be buying down a loan today. Um, I wouldn't be paying that money, especially on your own home, because you're going to get a better rate in the near future. Like you said, I've heard you say this before. You marry the property, not the rate. When I was taught it, and um, it was Bill Nickerson in the late 70s, early 80s. He was the first guy that wrote a creative real estate book. And most seminars that I see today are literally just his stuff. You know, Bill used to always say, because yeah, we were in we were an era of interest rates for, you know, 14, 15, 16, hit 18.6. And he was always like, look, you marry the property and you date the rate. 
Yeah, um, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and in that era, obviously, man, we were doing sub twos, assumptions, and owner financing on almost every transaction because nothing worked at 15, 16% interest rates. So we just right. did the creative stuff. So like right now, all, for me, it's like, okay, I just got to roll the clock back, take the old tools out, modernize them, and then go do the same thing again. And that's <laughs> all we're doing. And I think that also brings up a point is if you're talking to somebody who's been giving advice, investing, whatever it, whatever it may be, and I think it comes down to you dealing with somebody who gives advice in the financial industry, real estate, or any of those, and they've only been around long enough to see the markets go up, they don't know what a bad market looks like. This is no dish on anybody out there, but just the truth is and the reality is you don't know how to deal through with down markets until you've gone through them. You have to personally go through and experience those. I'm blessed that I've been through four big downturns. I've been through four through full cycles. And therefore, when things go haywire and go wrong, we can reach back to our historical experiences of having actually gone through it and go like, okay, look, this is what we did then. We have to slightly change it, but we have a plan. Um, you know, a, a real popular model of late, although it's, it, it's in the doldrums right now, was the burn. It's a great idea. You know, buy a house, renovate it, refinance it, do it again, you know, rinse and repeat. The problem is that that model is based on interest rates must go down and or stay low and prices must go up and rents must go up way above normal historicals for that model to be sustainable more than a few years. Well, it's not a long-term model. It's a nice little trick to do when that when that opportunity is there, but it's not sustainable. Because obviously, if you bought those houses, you know, a year and a half ago at four percent interest rate, even if they've gone up a little bit, you can't go refinance them at eight percent today to buy another property. You're dead. You're out of the water. Right. Um, you're just stuck. And so, you know, we're aware of those little plays, and we'll use those little plays when they make sense. But mainly we're just looking, how do we make this work long term? And I think the first thing is, you know, not to be in denial of reality. I mean, interest rates are higher. You've got to get more creative and you have to buy better. And so that's what we do. And that's another, another thing that brings to mind, like from what, when I attended your workshop, one thing that really stuck with me was you're not big on fix and flip and all that kind of stuff. Because uh, I said, look, you told somebody you were going to buy a stock and your entry and exit costs were going to be around 10%. Well, you would never do it short term. Right. Yeah, and, and the, the fix and flip models in real estate really do work. It's just, you know, they're designed for when you're broke and you desperately need some money. And so if you do a couple of them, you're no longer broke. You no longer desperately need some money, so you want to look at more effective models. The first big challenge to real estate has always been it's a 9 10% transactional cost, 6% commissions, 3%-ish or so in closing costs and miscellaneous. And so the reality is, you know, kind of the analogy is like if you were trading stocks short term, would you be trading stocks if you had to pay 9% to get in and out? Everybody's like, oh, hell no. Well, right. it's the same, the same with real estate. It, it's a big chunk out of the profits. doesn't mean you still can't make profits. You can. It's just not what the product was intended to do. It's a long-term product. You know, there's a lot of risk. So I think when people trade, it, it amazes me. So smart people, when they learn a training model, a trading model, overlook obvious flaws in the model. So it's like every training model should have, should have a place where they understand risk. So like in residential real estate, for example, commercial real estate, we've got we've got three traditional primary risks that we need to always look at, Ference. I mean, the first one is market risk. You cannot control the market going up or down. Nobody's big enough in real estate to do that in America. Warren Buffett can't control the market. Nobody can. You can, right. you can affect it, but you can't control it. And so market risk is always there. If I'm doing short-term transaction, that market could fall 10 to 20% in 90 days. I've seen it happen many times in my life, and it'll happen many times again. You know, the next thing is I can't control interest rate risk. 
which is why, you know, we always, when interest rates are great, lock them in as much as we can. When interest rates aren't great, we go find stuff that we were talking about, the creative financing. Because interest right. rate risk, I cannot control it. Uh, the next thing is that we've always had it underlying there is the economic risk. And a lot of people in the investment world who are teaching you how to do stuff, they act like it's not there. But there is an economic risk. Um, certainly, the economy is starting to affect some people's ability to pay their mortgage payments and their rent, and that's going to affect performance. It also creates new opportunities, but affects it, so we need to be aware of those. And I think a fourth one, so those three core ones were always what I was quite predominantly aware of. My model needed to always make sense, even if interest rate risk went out of control, even if market risk went out of control, even if local economies went out of control, my market always needed to make sense. For example, economic risk. In the United States of America today, in virtually every single city there is, if you're a blue-collar, middle-class person and you want to be employed, you're working literally today. It may right. not fulfill you. It may not be a great job, but you can certainly go make money to cover the food, the house payment, and the car payment and keep your children in their home and food in their bellies. I, I like that risk in America. I love that risk in America. Um, and then, you know, the other risk that's out there now, a fourth one that really has in the last five years become more and more of an issue nationally. It's been an issue for decades in some states is just, you know, the um, the social political risk. I mean, so there's many states or counties or cities within states that have become very anti-investor, very anti-property owner, very anti-business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and there, there's different solutions there. Um, one of them, though, is that if you're going to be trading a large volume and doing a big business like we do, be in an environment that wants you. Right. You know, so, avoid so those that don't. For the most part, avoid states that don't want us anymore. We, In some of those states, I have holdings long term. I'm a California native. I haven't lived there in 34 years, but I have holdings still in that state. But, boy, they don't like me very much. <laughs> and they, well, want, they want me to pay an obnoxious tax rate. Exactly. All right. Well, appreciate you being with us. We're going to. John's going to be with us one more segment. In the last, I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned. We're going to wrap up with some information that uh, I think you'll find very uh, informative with John on real estate. If you want to contact me to navigate this economic storm that's likely coming, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. Stay tuned in the next segment. Don't miss it with John. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferentz. For more information, contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferentz Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ference. We have one of our favorite guests, John Burley with us, real estate expert. He knows more about real estate than anybody I know, and that's why I invite John to join our show. So, John, again, thank you for being with us. Awesome to be here with you and your listeners, Ference. Great time as always. And what I'm going to say is John covered some solid gold. He talked about interest rates, owner financing, subject to assumptions, a lot of really Excellent and high-end real estate information for an investor. If you missed it, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows, of course. But, John, you just you touched on this earlier. I think you put – I like the way you put it. If you're the captain of your ship, I think you said it, something like this, that if you were to deny there's a storm likely coming, that's not very wise. 
what do you recommend for people to do going forward, whether, you know, you're looking at investing in real estate, what do you recommend people do? Look, anybody who tells you they know what's going to happen in the economy is lying, in my opinion, to take your money. They're selling you something or they're selling mm -hmm. a book because um, nobody knows. Right. Now, we can, we can look at the indicators. In fact, since you brought that up, I did a show a couple months ago, shameless promotion here, but I talked about like top of the six of the top leading economic indicators, all of them showing we're headed for a, raw, uh, a strong recession, and some of them have never been wrong. So my point was, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but statistically speaking, it would be the first time ever. So it would be highly unlikely. That's what yeah, my point was. exactly. I but, mean, when I look when I look at things from a risk parameter, just in the simple first look at something, it's like, okay, look. So what what's the um, the worst case scenario, mm -hmm. which is always just scorch scorch and burn, but almost never happens. And then right. what's the like insane best case scenario, which is you know everything goes through the roof, interest rates drop to two percent, which almost never happens. And then mm -hmm. what's the most likely outcome? You know, and I, and I look at this most likely outcome, and I've been, you know, I've been doing this a long, long time. I mean, we raised and placed over six hundred million dollars, most of it for very, very, very long term. Um, you know, thousands of people look to us to do what we do for them, um, on the residents owning the home and the people who are investing with us, and then the and all that that's involved with that. And here's what I know to be the truth: when I look at people who have gone through and not barely survived a big downturn, but thrive through it. They had hard assets that were not over leveraged that cash flow to that realistically, even if rents drop 25%, which would be huge on a class B house, not talking about class C stuff or class A stuff on regular houses and apartments where regular people live class B. 25% is like those are 2010 scorched earth drops in rents. Those are not normal numbers. You know, and our model is designed where if rents fell 25%, we're still running in positive cash flow numbers always on every single property that we have. So the more assets that you can hold, securing a good long-term rate of interest, looking to pay it off over the long term, because that's what most people who are wealthy do. They don't refinance every five minutes like a podcast tells you to do, <laughs> is you know, they're, they're out there. So sustainable, holding hard assets for the long term that produce income streams month after month, year after year, regardless of where the properties go up, regardless of what the economy does, regardless of what they do. So we work very, very hard you know, through four downturns to identify the exact type of properties that survive and thrive the most in downturns. Because when I look at this with my background and training, I mean, as the founder and CEO of a pretty large private equity company, my sole job is to reduce and mitigate risk. Most people think it's all the creative stuff that we do to get the returns. But the right. first core was, look, don't lose money ever. Don't ever buy a property that loses money ever. You know, and, and I don't need to worry about its price because if the economy is bad and prices go down, as long as I'm cash flowing every month, quite frankly, who cares? I'm still making my monthly $500, $600, $800, dollars per property every month on all those properties. So who cares what right. it's worth today? I'm, I didn't want to sell anyhow. And, and so holding those long-term assets and real estate gives us historically the best vehicle there is. Um, unlike the stock market when real estate – correctly the income stream comes in where you know and that would be the drawback to an s&p 500 part type portfolio when it goes down it just goes down there's no income stream there's no offset and hey, so, well, John, you, know, you know this i basically do kind of the same things you do but with money that's why i say guaranteed yeah. tax-free right. cash flow positive right. cash flow because yeah, not everybody's not everybody's wired to be a real estate investor no, not for not. everyone 
it's not for everybody. So I've it, thought, yeah. Yeah, it, it's not. It, we have lots of people that are just like, yeah, we went to your event. It looks great. Mm -hmm. We love what you do. And mm -hmm. um, let us yeah. just give you, let us, let us just place money with you because what you do is a lot of work. And it is. Yeah. Anything great yeah. is a lot of work. I mean, right. Right. Again, this isn't a podcast, man. If you're going to have this be sustainable for the long term, you're going to work it. You're going to work them all and do good. Um, right. and, and so, so what we, um, and with with the growth and the tax benefits and things that are out there, we just know that right now there's tremendous returns. We're still getting them. Um, is it as easy as it was in 2014? No, 2014s are pretty rare. Um, you know, and yeah, you know, we're doing the work that's required to get it done. We're showing people how to do it. We're having a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, a thing that that we've talked about earlier that people ask all the time is, you know, John, my own home, should I own or rent? Mm -hmm. um, let me just say this. It's a personal lifestyle choice, first of all. Historically, if people have good control of their finances, meaning they manage their money well, owning their own home is a tremendous boon. If you're married every every two years, you can sell it for up to a $500,000 basis, but most people you know, will live in a home five or 10 years, make two, three, four hundred grand, sell it, move into another one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Paying it down and having it free and clear in the long run is a great thing for most people. Now, if you want more house than you should own, rent. Because you can rent a lot more flash than you can buy. Uh, most people, when they're starting out, especially your first home, is most people go and they buy more home than they should. I mean, it's like, so I can get a $700,000 loan, so I'm going to buy a $700,000 home. And look, I understand. If you're in the Silicon Valley, that's a $1.7 million home. I, I'm, right. I invest in a lot of markets. I'm wearing the price differences. Just like we can still drive 30 miles outside of Tulsa right now and buy houses that are beautiful homes for $75,000 in the exact same home in the Bay Area in California is one and a half to $2 million. Same damn house, sometimes by the same builder right. 40, 50 years ago. Um, and so they're different prices, but so a lot of people, you know, it's like you, just cause you're approved for a $700,000 loan doesn't mean you should buy a $700,000 home. That's the people who are trying to maximize their commissions off of you. Of course, so the mortgage comment, brokers, yeah, one yeah. of my comments is if the bank qualifies you for a $700,000 loan, what that is, is that's the bank saying that's the maximum amount of risk we're willing to take. We're willing to lend to you. Anything over that's too risky for us. So you're, right. you're pushing the envelope, man. Right. Back so it off some. Yeah, good. you're not you're you, not goose. You're not in a F-14 yeah. fighter. You don't need to push the envelope all the time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like it, it, they call it a starter home for a reason. It's not supposed yeah. to be your your dream end game home. Right. Um, yeah. With, with that said. For most people, buying a home ends up being one of their smartest decisions because most people are never going to be, you know, an investor who makes 10 or 25 million dollars a year trading. Uh, and so for most people, it's a great device um, and, you know, manage the interest, interest rates intelligently. Right. Uh, understand that refinancing within the first seven years is the bank's game, not yours. Because in the first seven years in a 30-year loan, regardless of our interest rate, we only pay off 3% of the principal. Yet after right. 10 years, we've paid off 7%. The bank, right. the sucker move is to refinance early, and that's what the bank always wants you to do. Because that's the sucker move. And then they want you to pull your thirty or fifty or a hundred thousand of equity out. And well, what most people do with it, piss it away. Some do genuinely take it, reinvest it, and do the right thing with it, but that's a lot of discipline. You know, we're, right. we're talking serious well, yeah. discipline. And well, yeah, they want you to ref the bank wants you to refinance because that's where all their profit is in the first five to seven years. Right. On those yeah. loans. And, and yeah. they just want to want they just want to keep keep rechugging it, keep rechugging it. I Turning, will say this. Yep. 
a lot of loans have a streamline option where you can we talked about this earlier you can take the new rate but not do a new loan and right. you know th those are loans when we're taking loans out today at the seven and a half percent rate in in that range we are making sure that the lender we're working with has the streamlined provision so then in a year two years whenever it is when interest rates do come down i can go down there and grab that five and a half percent rate but not having to refinance and start paying the interest all over again I, and that I might be a good solution, John, because you know right now is a tough time to buy a, a home, and a lot of people have been waiting to buy for several years now. Frankly, yeah. they're getting tired of waiting. Many are. So, like you said, that either continue waiting, I guess, until interest rates likely come back down some, or use, like you said, get a loan where you can streamline it later. Yeah, and and, and the the market timing thing that people do, I can't tell you, parents, and right. you were around because you met the number of people in nineteen. Uh, oh, real estate's too expensive. I'm going to wait for it to come down. Well, obviously, in most areas of the country, real estate's gone up 30 to 60 percent since 19. Right, uh, 2019. And, right, yeah. Yeah, and, and they obviously should have loaded and bought the ranch in 2019 at, at 6 percent interest rate, not waited for 3 percent because the price has moved. The right. reality is nobody has ever successfully market timed in their lives. If you got – all it is, if you hit something, you just got lucky. Acknowledge you got lucky. It's okay. Just don't make it a plan. Um, I hear that all the time where people <laughs> say to me, you know, hey, I was in the market, stock market or the or house. I sold my house. I sold my portfolio, and then it crashed afterwards. I had no idea. I just got lucky. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with getting lucky. We all do from time <laughs> to time. The, the, the challenge with getting lucky is when you think it was skill. Then you're in trouble because exactly. now the market's like, come on back. Let's do this again. You think you know what you're doing. Let me, let me teach you because you okay. know. Okay, folks, I'm going to really encourage you to attend John's event. You can hear from this show, you're going to get a lot of practical, real-world advice and some really high-end technical uh, information that you probably are not going to find anywhere else, frankly. So, John, if somebody was interested in more information or wanted to attend your event, where do they go? Yeah, go to johnburley.com, J-O-H-N-B-U-R-L-E-Y.com. Very interactive website. There's lots of free downloads there for you. And then there's also information on the upcoming events. The next one is October 27th, 29th. It's in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we've got a super, super, super incredible um, uh, tuition available for you. So go check it out. Uh, and uh, I guarantee you, you will have an incredible time. They are phenomenal days filled with content. It is not a sales festival. There are not one speaker after the other selling you the greatest thing, sliced bread. I'm the instructor. I teach almost the entire course. We bring in an outside attorney. We're so confident in what we do. We even do a field trip to my bricks and mortars real estate building where you can see my deals and what we're doing and look at the board. People go like, why doesn't everybody else Why doesn't everybody else let us go to their bricks and mortar office? Well, you can answer that question and answer They don't it have one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'll be a gentleman. I'll stay out of that. Yeah, there and, you go. and we bring in an attorney who does extraordinary high-end. You, you know Bob, who does extraordinarily yep. high-end asset protection, um, legal tax reduction. We show you how entities really work and how they structure. Seriously, 60% of the LLCs that are out there, it is estimated, are completely invalid. And if there was ever a lawsuit, would not hold up at all, would provide zero asset protection. The first most obvious one, some of you are going to go, uh-oh, you put it in Delaware, which, by the way, is for publicly traded companies, not for us. Or you put it in Wyoming and you put it for Nevada and it's not registered as a foreign corporation in the state where the, where the asset is. You have no entity in that state. You have no standing. You're Wyoming and you're out of state 
entity has no standing unless it is re-registered and paid for again in the state that it trades within. So there's a lot of advanced things we do with the asset protection. We'll show you how we lock it down. I've had clients, you know, where we literally have locked up in eternity over a billion dollars for them um, so that no one, including the heirs, can crack the piggy bank. That's um, so awesome. It, yeah, it's a great well, time. We look yep. forward to seeing as many as possible. Ferenc, thank you, buddy. Yep. Yeah, it was awesome as always. Enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you. Stay tuned to next week's show. We're going to have more great information. This was awesome with John. Again, if you missed any part of it, go to yourpersonalbank.com. If you want to contact me, yes, you can actually talk to me, yourpersonalbank.com. You reach out to me. I'll be happy to reach out to you and help you navigate this likely upcoming economic storm. Stay tuned next week. And as long as it's still on our money, in God we trust. Listen Tuesdays at noon and Saturdays at 1 to the Your Personal Bank Show for more information. Contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guests of this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Some products discussed may have limitations and not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. For current rates, contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.